The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Everybody, uh, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And today, I'm very excited to announce a new partnership that we have with a company that is local called My Founder Story. And Chris Olson is the founder of My Founder Story. I love how I did that, Chris. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, and we are each month for the next six months. One of the podcasts for that month is going to feature a founder that you have profiled through My Founder Story. You are such a champion of uh, women and women in business. You created My Founder Story so that you could highlight some of these stories. Would you go ahead and just explain to the listeners what My Founder Story is? Yeah, absolutely. So My Founder Story supports female founders um, of purpose-driven businesses in fully discovering their why and communicating it with confidence. And then we amplify their stories across a variety of platforms and obviously including Makers of Minnesota. So we're really excited about this partnership. Oh, thank you. So what was it in your background that made you decide to go down this path and conceive my founder story? So I had been doing um, communications consulting for over a decade. I had left uh, the radio broadcast world and was doing communications consulting. And one of the organizations I worked with was a nonprofit economic development agency that supports women in starting and growing their small businesses. Right. So part of part of my role with that organization included evaluating their business plans, and then watching them pitch their products or services to a mock panel of investors. So sort of like a shark tank kind of thing. Um, And I discovered that women who were normally really confident and really clear about their business purpose struggled to communicate their why when they got up in front of that room full of people. And so I really wanted to do more to help them in that process and to help them be successful. So my founder story is really the culmination of wanting to do more for, for women in business. So why do you think when you're, a, when you're telling your business story that you need a why? Like, how does that make the connection for the person that you're sharing with? Well, particularly for female founders, once you're clear on your why and you can communicate it confidently. It attracts others who are aligned with your values and your purpose. And that's really important because, so everyone from funders to business partners to employees and customers, and that's particularly important for women because, you know, female founders are significantly less funded um, and supported for their businesses. Um, And one of the main reasons 
women are denied funding is because they struggle to when when they're you know pitching their business to investors they struggle to articulate their purpose um, men typically don't have a problem with that and I was so- just going to ask about that and how uh, it there is such a difference between uh, men and women sometimes in how they communicate. And let's be real, a lot of times when you're asking for money, you're pitching to a group of men, right? Because they still right. control a lot of those relationships. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And men just don't have a problem sort of, uh, you know, they believe in their ideas, they believe in what they're pitching. And, um, and you know, the interesting thing about women is, you know, when you talk to women business owners in a one-on-one situation or in a small group, they are super confident. They know their purpose. They know how to articulate it to the room. But it is it, it is more intimidating for women in front of a panel of investors and then, you know, the confidence sort of wavers. And so the point is if you are really clear on your purpose and really clear on your story, then you won't have trouble confidently communicating that to everyone. We're going to have an opportunity to hear from uh, Janita Flowers, who's the founder of Janita's Jars, in just a minute. And she will talk a little bit about her journey and her experience in this. You talk about mission-driven businesses a lot. Like, what is a mission-driven business? Yeah, so Janita is actually the perfect example of a mission-driven business. So it's essentially a for-profit business that's addressing a social issue. So you'll hear more from Junita, but um, her hers is a mission-driven business that is dedicated to ending domestic violence, and she's doing that through sales of her products, so her cookies mm-hmm. and her cookie dough. So, you know, big corporations used to have to prove they were doing no harm, um, but, you know, that's no longer enough for people. They want – now they expect businesses to do – to actually do good right. in the world. And, you know, people – more than ever, shoppers are spending their money with businesses that are aligned with their own values. Um, so there's really been sort of a rise in mission-driven businesses. And so it's really a business that it's not a nonprofit. So, you you know, you're, you want to make money, but you want to do it for a cause. Uh, my founder story in following some of your newsletters and the stories you've done, you really do a good job of clarifying the connection between someone's personal experiences and their values and how they tie that into their business to make a difference in the world as an entrepreneur. Is that something that you think is more unique to women than men? Or is it just um, that women are more likely to tell the backstory? Well, I think that's unique to our process, the My Founder Story process. Yep. So you, um, you know, you, you discover your why. Your why is really sort of digging into your journey through life and work and looking, you know, taking a deeper look at how your personal experiences and your personal values have helped shape, you know, your career path, but also the business that you created. Mm -hmm. So I tell people who go through our programs that your journey through life and your career um, is like a tapestry. It's unique and it's beautiful. And there are these threads that run through and connect in meaningful ways. And those threads are what weave together and form your why. And so that's sort of the unique part of the My Founder Story process is we want people to really know you. So if you compare a biography to just a basic bio, like a LinkedIn profile, you don't really know much about a person based on their LinkedIn profile. But a biography is really intended to let you um, see kind of take a peek behind the curtain. It's like this is the real person. This is, you know, because entrepreneurship is – 
messy and it takes a long time sometimes and there's lots of twists and turns and you know you need to be vulnerable and willing to connect with people and so that's what our process is all about. You mentioned a biography. Can you uh, tell the podcast listeners what that is? Oh, sure. So we, our programs that we offer are, uh, we offer a variety of in-person and online biography workshops. And that is uh, basically the process of discovering your why. And then once you are, you know, fully discover your why, we take our uh, participants through the process of writing their biography or developing their biography. So that is this powerful short story that is really designed to um, articulate and elevate their purpose. All right. And we know that uh, Janita is here. She told me she went through this process with you. When you uh, work with an entrepreneur, how much does it cost? Are there different levels or how does that work? Yeah, there's all different levels. We kind of have something for everyone. Um, We, you know, we have these online and in-person workshops. We're launching a day-long um, workshop in April, which you'll be doing a podcast live Woo-hoo! from the workshop. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, we are launching a biography workbook in February. We've got one-on-one and group coaching. So we really offer a variety of services, and there's sort of a range of you know, prices. And, uh, and sort of if you're the kind of person who wants to do it self-guided and just do it online by yourself, you can do that, or you can do it with a coach or attend one of our workshops. So there's a lot of different options, but all of those options and our pricing are on the website. Okay, and people can find that at myfounderstory.com as well as people should subscribe to your newsletter because it's tremendous. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you have all these great stories of women and how they've evolved their businesses and you tell a lot about their backstory. You know, I don't know. I'm so inspired by women in business because... I'm inspired by men in business, too. But when I read a woman's story, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman that it feels like it's speaking to me in a different way. Yeah, I think, well, you know what I I think you're a champion of of small businesses. too. I right? try. Yes. Yeah. And you're helping them be seen and heard. And I think my founder story is doing similar work. We we love the idea of collaborating with you to amplify those stories. It's so important to amplify the stories of female founded businesses because you know, um, they, they're, they're, we're at a disadvantage, right? Yeah, so definitely. We're telling those stories and the more we can amplify those stories and those messages, it is, it's contributing to, you know, a more level playing field. All right. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk to Janita, who's in studio with me. We're going to hear her story. I want to just encourage people to check out myfounderstory.com during the course of the next six months as we do these sponsored podcasts and you bring founders to us that have great stories for us to hear. I want people to know that they can subscribe to your newsletter. They can go to your online portal. And we will also be talking more about the workshop in the months to come. Thanks, Chris, for taking a chance on Makers of Minnesota. We're really excited to talk to Janita and hear about Janita's jars. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephanie. All right, so we've been talking to Chris Olson about what My Founder's Story is and all these women that have these mission-driven businesses. And Janita Flowers is here. She is the founder of Janita's Jars. Jar. Um, jar one, jar plural. Jar one. Jar one. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to talk to you because you have a personal story that sort of developed into this mission-driven business, Um, You, your tagline for your business is end relationship violence one cookie at a time, which I really appreciate. 
So tell me a little bit about your story and how you got started. Yes. So baking was always something that I did growing up. And actually, my parents, there's eight of us. My parents had eight children. So spending a lot of time in the kitchen was the norm. And so I grew up baking and cooking meals from scratch and hearing crazy stories. So the majority of my favorite childhood memories were spent in the kitchen. So that's kind of where it started with me making cookies. And it became this thing once I became an adult, graduated from college, where I wanted to connect with my grandmother and make those cookies. Yeah. Fast forward to adulthood. Now I have children of my own. I'm married. um, And marriage got hard, and I was in an abusive relationship. Actually, I was married for 12 years, and 10 of those years was in an abusive relationship. But baking cookies, going back to what was sort of that happy place as a child, that became my escape as an adult when I was living in such a tumultuous relationship. Sure. And were you working, doing something, or were you raising your kids at home? Um, I was an at-home mom for six years. Okay. So I was at home with my kids during yep. most of that time. And so um, I just started baking cookies. It was sort of the only thing that was mine. And I started selling them at farmer's markets, but really, really low-key, just sort of something to do um, sure. with my kids on the weekends or on a Thursday. Um, And then it just sort of, and I knew even when I was making cookies at the farmer's market that it was more to a cookie company than just making cookies. Sure. But the revelation didn't happen until after I was out of the relationship um, and then in a place where I can think about how all those pieces came together. And I wanted to give my cookie company meaning because it started out as something that was so meaningful for me as a child. And it brought meaning to my life during a tough time. I now want to combine those two things and create a company um, that gives back. And so, yes, we make cookies. It's an opportunity to bring back the taste of old-fashioned homemade baking, but make it convenient and quick for families. Yep. At the same time, we donate a portion of our profits to support raising awareness and putting an end to relationship violence against women. And so that's how I was able to bring all of those pieces together and take something that was really traumatic for me and make it a win. Okay, so I'm going to back up because... Yep. When you hear, I think there's a lot of myths about women in domestic abuse relationships. Yes. And I know women that, like, on the outside, you see them as these really strong, capable women. And they are, but they're also under siege at home. And it's really dictating a lot of their choices. And it can be very detrimental to someone's self-esteem. I, I find it really interesting that over the course of this relationship that you were able to get that vision of this business and that you were able to see how that was going to come together. Was it, I mean, were you having issues with your self-esteem wondering like, why is this happening to me? Absolutely. So I, so we know abuse is all about control. Yes. But for most victims of abuse, you always look internal. You always think, what did I do? Yeah. Or if I just was a little more of this or a little more of that, that maybe it would stop or. And speaking to women of strength, because I was all, my entire life, I was always told, oh, my gosh, you are such a strong girl. You're so stubborn. You're, you always are so outspoken. Yes. I was always told that. And not in negative ways. Yeah. But when and, and a, and an abuser knows how to take some of those sensitive points and turn them yes, around. Yes, and manipulate And when it. you're in a relationship that you're trusting someone and you want to believe the best, you will give them the benefit of the doubt almost 99.9% of the time. And so... When I would hear some of those things, I would think, you know, if he would say things or I wasn't being compliant or I was, you know, sort of being argumentative, I would go back to maybe, maybe I'm kind of difficult. Maybe I am too outspoken. Yeah. Okay, let me just, let me just tone it down a little bit. So it starts kind of little by little. It just sort of eats away at some of those little doubts that you have that you're kind of questioning anyway. And then after a while, it becomes this thing where I just want to keep the peace. 
And if I sort of don't say anything, maybe then life will be good. I'll just sort of quiet my voice totally, and then maybe we won't have any turmoil in the household, and that doesn't work either. And there's a lot of the, um, you mentioned that you were a stay-at-home mom for six years of the kids. You know, I think in a lot of respects, that is part of the control because it's harder to leave. It's harder to build yourself back up. It's harder to go get a different job. So when you were uh, selling, what was the first farmer's market that you sold the cookies at? Maple Grove Farmer's Market. Okay. And so you applied and it was pretty low investment, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And did you break even or did you spend the whole summer just like trying to scramble it together? It was profitable where I could always reinvest it back into the business. And then also whenever I had a birthday or holiday, I would always tell can you, it was always some sort of gift that would help with my business. It was a supply that I needed or something that could help grow my business. But yeah, it was, it really wasn't anything where I was able to pay myself, but it was enough to be able to keep the business going. So you're sort of bootstrapping it and you're reinvesting and you leave the farmer's market. What was the next place that you ended up or at what point did you start like manufacturing? So I went to the global market and this was during the time when vacancies were um, crazy in the Twin Cities because it was like 2008, 2009. Yeah, right after the recession. Yes. And so um, they they were open to letting a bunch of food makers rent one kitchen space each of us paid our rent separately. Like it wasn't just one LLC or something that was managing yeah. that space. It was a bunch of us. And so that was an affordable way for me to start producing in a licensed facility so that now I could pursue um, clients that required you to have a licensed commercial yeah. kitchen. Um, and so that allowed me to grow a little bit more. Um, and then I, I brought on some corporate clients. Did so you the- do sales as well as baking? Um, I did both. Yes. Yeah. Did you just cold call people or how did you get sales? It it was some of it was cold call, but a lot of it was word of mouth. Okay. You know, friends like the cookies and they worked for a company and they would tell someone at their company and then people like the product and it sort of kind of grew from there. And was the mission driven piece always there or did you start out without it and then it evolved and became part of the story over time? So when I was at the global market, that was when during the month of November, I had one particular gift box the cookies and yep. it was a shape of a house and so I donated the so that box was like 25 bucks and I donated seven dollars from each of those boxes to a, um, a shelter for families experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities so it wasn't official but I knew I wanted to do something and sure. so it was during the month of November which is homelessness awareness month yeah and that was kind of my way to give back um when you uh do you remember when like all the way along were you deciding that you were going to go for it or do you remember like having the real crystal clear moment of, wow, I'm here, but I'm going to take this up to the next level? You know, um, I've known that I want to be an entrepreneur since I was 12. And so it was in my mind, but I didn't think I had the capacity to do anything with it when I was managing a divorce. I was trying to just survive. I yeah, had two sure. kids. And I was kind of at the point where I need life to be easy. Like I'm getting ready to be a single parent, raising two children by myself. I just need a job so I can have a predictable paycheck so that I can... You know, just we call those the J.O.B.s. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I, I wasn't really, you know, I, my heart wasn't totally in. And plus, I was in a space mentally where I didn't think I could function at a job unless it was a job where all I did was turn over paper. Like I literally was not. I was just so stressed. From, and healing. Yes. And yeah. So I then I'm like, well, then I can't afford to work because I have to put my kids in before or aftercare. So then I decided, you know, I sat there and I thought about, you know what? I have two options. I can, you know, struggle but think it's predictably easy or I can go for it. And I felt like I was sort of at rock bottom. I was so broken. 
And I decided that the worst that could happen was that my kids and I would have to move. We'd lose our, our home, and I had to move in with my parents. And I said, you know what, if that's what I'd have to deal with, I was willing to take a chance on that. And I started. And we never had to move. It was scary. There were months where I wasn't quite sure how we were going to make it. Right. But we made it every month, and I've been running forward ever since. And it, it was so, it's so crazy because things happened so organically when I wanted to quit. Now, it was one of those days where um, I banked with Sunrise Banks. And they had offered me this opportunity to speak on this panel called Executive Women in Business. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, they were like really prestigious women on this panel. Sure. Like, why are they asking me? Like, okay, they have my. They account. must not know. They know, right? Like, I, like, and so then I was mad. I was like, actually, like, really, like, mad at God. Like, really, I can't grieve in private, but inside of me, I knew that I had more. So I said yes. I cried all the way to the event, wiped my little face, got in. And from that event, there was a snowball of activities that happened that just propelled my business forward, and it never looked back from that point on. And I wonder, too, if, like, the ability to uh, crack open and expose yourself in that way, that's very vulnerable, and that appeals to other people, other business owners that have also been there. And it's a pretty low investment, right, to buy a $25 tin of cookies to help support you. Right. So I can see that it became part of the story and part of the reason why people wanted to support you, too. And I'm sure, I mean, I have not had the cookies, but wow, they look really good here. <laughs> so we have tri- triple chocolate chip cookies. Oatmeal raisin. Peanut mm-hmm. butter. Mm-hmm. And you can either buy them in these pouches. And where do you sell them? Online. Um, Janitasjar.com. Yep. And then you also do food service. Yes. So my frozen dough. So this is January. So this month we actually were the dessert of choice for the Minneapolis Public Schools for the lunch for the entire district. Um, The University of Minnesota produces our frozen dough. um, And then Lakewinds Co-ops, all three of their locations, sells our frozen dough. So it's, it's growing. And how much of the percentage of the business now is like food service on the frozen side versus the actual cookies? Um, 90% of the frozen dough is yep. um, food service. Yep. The baked cookies right now is all direct to consumer from the website. Um, the goal is to be able to um, approach retail locations, but we just launched this in July. So we're still kind of working through all of the packaging and yep. product testing. And so we've just only launched it and rolled it out online. So it's pretty unique and pretty new that you've been online before mm-hmm. people were coming to the location or you were delivering, I would assume. Absolutely. Yes. And how does it feel to have business happening on the website and fulfilling it? It feels really good. Um, it's 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 all about the journey anyway. So it's there's so many wins and you, I mean, it's like your heart and soul in this package of cookies. And even the, the company that worked with me on designing the packaging and helping to bring my message forward. Who There's, did that? Um, Nika Creative. Okay. They are a social enterprise design and branding company locally. They took me under their wing in a time where I didn't even know how I was going to be able to make the transition from favorable treats because that's what we were as just frozen dough. And yep. when I was doing baked cookies. Um, to Janita's Jar, which really officially became the mission-driven cookie company. We are all about a message of hope. So it's, I can't even really put into words what it feels like because it's more than just the satisfaction and the business joys of selling a product, but it really is about bringing a message. I want people to 
when they taste the cookies, the message is right there. I don't I don't want them to experience one without the other. And so for me, it's it's a full circle um, sort of life changing experience. I, it's hard to put into words because it really is this transformational process. It's more than just selling cookies. And how many employees do you have now? There's three of us. And how? tell me about hiring your first employee and not putting that money in your pocket, assuming there was money, and putting it into someone else's lifestyle. It was scary. As a single parent, um, the fear is losing everything. Yep. Um, but I realized that in order to, it's kind of you have to coach yourself through every step of the way. Um, <laughs> That's the self-talking, <laughs> the crying in the car, yes. the wiping, like, we're going to be fine. Yes. And it's believing in it enough to say, you know what? It's not smart for you to continue to do that, Janita. You can't reach more families. You can't reach more lives. You can't give back more if you continue to do everything and you have to let it go. Um, and so you do it one decision at a time, one person at a time. I don't know that it ever gets easier. I'm told that it doesn't. You just get more skilled at it. Um, but once I make the decision, I feel like it was the best decision. I yeah. just now added on um, internet marketing companies. You know, I'm out there. So, like, that was another big step. And I'm thinking, like, oh, my gosh. But in order for me to reach more customers, in order for me to be more effective, you have to have people on your team that can support you and help you get to your destination faster. And if you can really have a good, clear idea of what your cost per click is and your cost per lead and what your conversion rate is, I mean, there's no question you can make money with Google search and Google AdWords. And if it just takes a while to perfect it Mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, you can really go as high as you want as long as you have the money to pay the credit card bill for the search. Right. Uh, And and, but I so bring on someone that can sort of eliminate the the big learning curve. That's right. And also manage some of the social media. I mean, I wasn't really even looking at the analytics. And I'm doing the same thing. And just even as like one of the initial reports, I'm thinking, oh, I wasn't rating for any of those keywords. You know, it's like it's it was a no brainer. But yeah. I was scared to do it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like you're adding another liability. But That's really, right. it's not. And so it's it's training yourself every step of the way to realize, you know what, Janita, if you're going to run a business, you have to manage like a business. And so it's coaching yourself along the way. I want to pick a little bit at that internet marketing because I think that's a hurdle that a lot of entrepreneurs don't make. And it can really change the course of a business to get that kind of help. How did you, did you interview someone or did you interview multiple companies? How did you decide to make that step? I did. And I, and I interviewed um, multiple companies and it's, it's, it's expensive. And so I sat on it for like seven months. I can't afford that. Or then it was like, how do you know they're really going to deliver? Because, you know, it's you pay a service per month. That's right. You have no idea. And then you already don't know. I don't know how to You don't know. know what you don't know. Right. So I can't even, I don't even know how to measure if they're being effective. But when I decided that, you know what, you cannot sell more if you're not reaching more. And everything about business is a calculated risk. And I think it's, it's again, it was coaching myself and realized, you know, I'm going to have to go with, it's never going to be perfect. I have to just trust. And everything along the way I've had to trust. I'm going to trust this company. And if they do, it doesn't work and we're not on a – it is a thing where you have to be willing to invest six months a year, but it's not a contract where I couldn't leave at any moment. So if for some reason it doesn't work after a month because there's not a connection between that company and my company, then I can change. Right. But I won't know until I do it. And I will continue to, to allow my business to operate at a level less than what we're capable of if I don't step out and take that risk. It's really fascinating. You just said something that – I imagine had to be so hard for you where you said, like, I just had to trust. Like, I'm not really a trusting person and I didn't come from an abusive situation. 
I am always like, well, people show you, you know, their colors and you just have to hope. I Trust is a hard word. And you seem like you've put trust out there on numerous occasions and that you've had pretty good success by trusting. You know, I, I grew up in an environment where your word was bond mm-hmm. and trust was everything. Um, and so I think there was a really good foundation. It's been questioned, but never removed. Yeah. And so, and I believe in, like, I really do believe in the company that I'm trying to build. I, I mean, I, I know everybody says that, but I, I mean, <laughs> some I really, people say it, but they don't believe it. And I mean, so it's like, if I'm not willing to take a chance on myself, then why would I expect anybody else to take a chance on me? So yeah. and taking a chance and including my children. And so that comes into it. And I'm thinking you're spending all this time and energy and investment into your business. They're making sacrifices. You know, we don't vacation like we used to. We, right. You know, some of the things that they would normally be experiencing, we've had to put on the back burner while I build the business. So if I'm not going to give it my all so that we can all enjoy the fruits of it, then I need to get out of it. And so yeah. a lot of times when I'm sort of on the fence, I can think about my kids and how this impacts them. Nita, you've been out here too long. You can't continue to operate that way if it's going to have a negative impact on your children or it's not going to allow the business to grow so that all of us can grow. So that's the mom life role comes in all the time. When sure. And make decisions. Tell me about, um, do you have a good familiarity with your P&L? Yeah, I, I have a coach, a financial coach that works with me on that. Okay, um, that's smart. And that was probably two years ago where that was not my natural default gifted area. Right. Um, but I knew that in order to be able to grow and even to be able to bring on an, another employee, to be able to spend money wisely, to know how much, you know, my cost per cookie, including the time and all those other things, I had to I had to be okay with my numbers. And yeah. so I've spent the last year and a half looking at this. So I call Fridays my Freedom Fridays, which means that's the day that you look through all of your financials and you pay your bills because that's where financial freedom comes in, when you know your numbers and you pay your bills. So. Yeah, and you know that there's uh, money left in the bank when mm-hmm. you're all done. Um, are there other businesses locally that inspire you or other people that inspire you? There's a lot of people that inspire me. Um Chris Olson inspires me. Yeah, um, Chris. And, She's laughing. I know. I And Chris, I say that because you bring forth the story of so many women entrepreneurs, women that I would, I may have never met or have the opportunity to meet, but I love founder stories. Mm-hmm. I love the why behind businesses. That just inspires me, and it just sort of ignites the passion of women coming together as business owners, as change makers. Um, so I think reading those stories and some people, their businesses are built out of, you know, adversity. Others out of creativity and just the spark of an idea. But everybody's stepping out and taking a chance. And that inspires me to keep going. My mom inspires me. She started a nonprofit organization. Um, she's retired now. but She inspires me. She raised eight kids. People lived with us growing up. She always was the example of giving. Um, and that inspires me to keep going. And she was a mom that was always there. I have she had eight kids. I'm thinking, I don't know what you were taking or what you were doing, but yeah, you can did you imagine right. that now? <laughs> I came from a family of four, and <laughs> I just not. I have one, and I'm always barely functioning. I have two, and I I'm like, where am I today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, Chris, with my founder story, you can find other founder stories at myfounderstory.com. Uh, we thank you for being the inaugural guest in this sponsorship relationship each month. Uh, we will feature Chris and a founder story, and it's been really fun to get to know you. What do you think your next challenges are like when you look up the next? Actually, we're in January, so when you did your goal setting and you looked at the year ahead, are there things that you're trying to accomplish in the next year? 
scaling is hard. And so it's sort of that place now where so my goal is to be able to speak and inspire women. Okay. So I don't want to manage manufacturing and production. And so looking at co-packers, another scary thing. It's a different yep. type of commitment. So that's what I'm working on in 2019. And getting the quality that you need from those co-packers. But it, it I mean, it does take a while sometimes, but there are a lot of good co-packers in town. Yes. You're, you're feeling like you don't want to continue baking the cookies every single day and... Right, because it, it, it's about message delivery and being able to not only do it through cookies, but being able to actually show up as a speaker and being able to inspire women. That's can where can you see expanding your product line with that set, or will you stick with cookies? Who knows? Right now, it's just cookies because we've survived and yeah. launched. It took a year and a half to launch this baked cookie product. <laughs> um, so I'm still like sort of celebrating that thing. Um, so I don't know if we'd expand beyond um, the baked cookie snack. I imagine maybe one day that's usually what most cookie companies end up doing. Yep. But who knows? And the cookies are really good. So people should get online and order them or find the frozen packet or the frozen um, cookies at Lakewinds. Um, you also mentioned two other places that. University of Minnesota, Sunrise Banks, their coffee shops. Um, oh, I forgot they... about that. Can we talk about that for a second? Yes. So Sunrise Banks did something kind of cool. They have like a coffee shop inside their bank as a way to like reconnect with their community so they sell your cookies there too they sell the frozen so they bake they buy the frozen dough and they sell it in the coffee i shop. love that and then their so their coffee shop they then donate the proceeds from that coffee shop to a local nonprofit in the community that the bank serves and yeah they that are- is a really groundbreaking idea because sunrise in particular does work with a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and is very community driven so yes. that's so cool Well, thank you for being here and sharing your story and sharing your founder story. Uh, We look forward to sharing other founder stories throughout the coming months. Uh, Thanks, Chris. We really appreciate you making this happen. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and I want to tell you about my founder story, which empowers female founders to lead with their why and communicate it with conviction, providing a foundation for entrepreneurial success. This is an online and in-person workshop that guides you through the process of fully discovering your purpose. You'll explore the moments during your journey through life and work that inspired the creation of your enterprise. You'll clarify the connection between your personal experiences and values and how you are making a difference in the world as an entrepreneur. Once you know your why, My Founder Story supports you in developing your whyography, a powerful short story designed to articulate and elevate your purpose. It's an essential tool for leveraging your business with potential investors, partners, and supporters, and foundational to your brand. Learn more at myfounderstory.com, and you can find information about the workshops, the online programs, and about the sponsorship for Makers in Minnesota. Thank you, My Founder Story.